Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Luminescence Common Sense Spirituality, a show designed to share spiritual insights with you so that you can comprehend the universe and how it functions. You are about to experience raised consciousness. This is a place where spiritual principles are shared with the goal of assisting you to expand your understanding of both the seen and unseen worlds. Luminescence Common Sense Spirituality helps you to discern the timeless truths handed down from wise sages through the ages from the airy-fairy nonsense that is being taught today. Now, here is your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth. Welcome to Luminescence Common Sense Spirituality, the radio show that disseminates esoteric knowledge and common sense spirituality. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science, the ability to know all about a person's personality and your soul's purpose simply from your name. The beautiful inspirational song you just heard is called Shine, and it's by D. Lemur, and that's D apostrophe L-E-M-O-R, and it is her, her music at the end of the show that you will also be hearing. Roots are important to plants, and they enable plants to flourish and grow. So today's show will explore the roots of spiritual thoughts, universal principles, and our foundational beliefs. What happened in the beginning that has been discovered by psychics after doing a multiplicity of readings? Does what they've discovered through readings match with the historical teachings that we're told about today? That's what we want to discover. And our special guest today is Lori McQuarrie, who's going to help us do that. Lori has been on the Portland and National Psychic Scene since 1985. When she was 18, she was in a horseback riding accident. Lori was in a coma for three weeks, and after that, she awoke. Her life has never been the same since. She began having dreams, like newsreels on black and white film, of violent plane crashes. Shockingly, a few days later, she began seeing television newsreels of these same airline disasters that were actually happening. Lori McQuarrie has been established as a professional psychic and has gained fame for her work in a series of notable cases. The cases range from missing persons to crime investigations. She's had a professional office in Lake Oswego in Oregon since 1985, but now is semi-retired and is living in Central Oregon with her retired former police detective husband of 31 years. Now, I first met Lori in 1999 when she was still in the Lake Oswego, Oregon area, and I was across the freeway as a school administrator in Beaverton, Oregon. I was astounded by both her, Lori's accuracy and how detailed she was. And so I'm so pleased that Lori has agreed to join me the first week of every odd month right here on Luminescence Common Sense Spirituality Radio Show. Welcome, Lori. So glad you're here. Thank you. It's an honor to be. Thank you. I, I appreciate all the kind words you've had to say, and, but most what I would say is it's not about me. It's about the work. 
and just you acknowledging it so beautifully and put so well. It just opens that door of people hopefully embracing it. Well, before we get started on some of the historical backgrounds and what you've discovered through your readings, would you mind talking to us on ego or spiritual ego? Because it seems to me that a lot of people today have very high levels of spiritual ego, and so I question what they get because I call it the spiritual ego, because that's coming through. Would you mind addressing that with us? Well, I'll give you what I know about it. You know, obviously, we have to have some ego. We need to feel good about ourselves. We don't need to puff ourselves up and inflate it. But you have to have a basic connectedness to that part of yourself that believes you're worthwhile. And I think the times right now are really pushing that button. People, of course, have been losing jobs and they've lost relationships, I believe, because of this harsh times we're in. But, you know, the world has been through tough times like this and tougher. And we still all need to recover. We will. And we will have to hang on to what we really believe about ourselves, which, quite frankly, I think right now has been stripped down pretty bare. You know, people have been able to tie themselves to who they are and what they are by what they do or the money in the bank or stuff. Now we're down to what I just called the basic, the basics. And that's where your belief system is going to give you the strength to get through anything. Yes, you have to feel positive about yourself, acknowledge you're a child of God and the universe, you're worthwhile, all those things we've been told all these years. But you must always keep an eye on your humility. And that's where I think the ego needs to be nestled, in humility. I always define humility as staying teachable, that you're willing to keep learning, yeah. that you really think yeah. what Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, when I first met you in 1999, I had heard about you in Nick Bagish's book, and he had stated, without just telling your name, that he had gone to a psychic because he was having these dreams about being tall in the Bible, mm-hmm. and that with your assistance, you helped him fill in the gaps. And then well, he wrote this book about it. <laughs> I won't say it was my assistance. It was my just persistence because we lived in the same neighborhood, and I'd run into him after we became acquainted. And I told him, you need to write a book about those times because you did walk with Jesus. And he loved hearing that, but he was hesitant to push it. So I think he used to hate to run into me in the grocery store because my first thing on my mouth was, have you started the book? Have you started the book? Well, he finally did. And look, look what he has brought the world. Look what he has just given us. He's given us the opportunity to link to the past and take it to the future. Well, in his book, he gave enough clues about who you were that since I lived in Beaverton, working at Beaverton High School at the time, I was able to put the pieces together, and then I made an appointment with you. And one of the things I asked about was the biblical times in my reading, the very first one in 1999, and you stated to me as part of the answer, I don't know if you believe that Jesus had brothers and sisters. And so would you mind addressing that or speaking to that? Because that's not something that we're reading about in the Bible and in other books as much. 
Well, that's an interesting topic, and it's a hypothesis because, you know, I can only give people what I'm told, and I don't question my source. I have found my source to be immaculate, and it doesn't mean perfect. It means I'm the one who's doing the interpreting. I get the information correctly, but it's my responsibility to read it right. And if I told you that, then that was straight straight talk. Um, you know, I, there's been many movies and books and much talked about Jesus the man. And I wish, you know, I wish we had more that we could bring it right now. But I believe he had other relations. And that's just my personal belief system. I think what I try to always do, no matter what a person's belief system is, I try to be respectful. And some people are not into this mode of thought of what you and I are talking about. If Jesus had relatives, uh, well, it would be quite quite a, a, a revelation, to say the least, to maybe figure out who they are on the earth plane now. If we have all this DNA, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do spiritual DNA? I think we could. Oh, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Um, Dr. Eugene Whitworth, in his book, Nine Faces of Christ, talks about the brothers and sisters and names them all at uh, that time. That, that, that The one I call Yeshua, that's called Jesus, um, was the oldest. And he said at that time in his book that the oldest child in any of the Essene practices, the oldest child was conceived through fecunding. And he defined fecunding as when the male and the female, the husband and the wife, would go up in spirit. And so they were both out of body and spirit and then transfer the sperm or the seed over to to the woman to be accepted. She would have to know how to accept it and pull it into her body so that in essence, the first child of everyone in that community was done through fecunding or a virgin birth, as it's called today. And wow. So I just thought that was very interesting that that was an exercise that they did and that that's how they defined that. In any of your readings, have you heard anything about that? I have not that directly, no. But I have wondered myself because... I am very, very much a believer in reincarnation, and it's actually been referred to in the Bible several times. But I wouldn't it be absolutely incredible if Jesus has come back as many leaders we've had, other people? I mean, I think reincarnation is what we're really all about, all of us. And what you're referring to there is a form of reincarnation being formed in spirit and coming back. Oh, I hadn't looked at it that way. Thank you for sharing that. Well, um, it just came to me, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spontaneous thought. And, you know, I realize we're, we're pushing barriers here, Sharon. You know, there's some people who will not accept the kind of thing or find it difficult. But I think because of the times we're in, people are pushing barriers and are willing to widen their scope of what their belief system has been, maybe not losing that, but widening it and looking further. You know, I don't know if you remember, you probably do remember back in the 80s, all the talk about the star people. 
Yes. Written up all the time. Gosh, I think every other client who came to me in the 80s said, are you one of the star people? Am I one of the star people? I mean, it was a thought, a germ of a thought that I haven't heard much about. But, you know, um, I, I do believe in aliens, and I don't believe in aliens with green heads and ten ears. I think there are people who look just like us, people maybe in spirit who have come back here to help us. That's why I always say, because I know the saying, angels unaware. You never know who you're going to have that talk with sitting in the coffee shop next to you. It could be a spirit, could be a form of, of Jesus, could be all kinds of things. That's why I always say, just be open. Be open. Don't be, you know, gullible. Just be open. I was listening earlier to an archived edition of Spiritually Raw uh, radio show, and on it they were interviewing a psychic called Utsava, U-T-S-A-V-A, and she said that the stars, or what we consider the stars, are really alien base stations. And I wrote that down because it hit me. I mean, I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. Well, you know, I just think conceptually... I think our, our our view of ourselves and our world, which we've been frankly pretty haughty about, you know, I think we've all been brought down to our, our humility level. I hope so, because I think we've needed to start over with that worldwide. I'm not just talking U.S. I'm just talking to everybody. And uh, this coronavirus thing is horrible. It's terrible. But it has galvanized us and it is going to change us forever in a positive way. And in that new positiveness, I think we're going to find a closer link to other worlds because people are ready for the reality of it. Well, there was a new executive order that was signed this week that said that Congress had 180 days to divulge what they knew, and the FBI and the CIA had 180 days to divulge what they knew about alien and alien craft but that's going in a different direction from what I want to go. Um, I w- since roots are important, okay, I was wondering about where you f- felt that spirituality started. Where did it begin? For me or spirituality in the world? Both. Well, I think for one thing, spirituality is an individual experimentation. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's been with man for a long time. I like to think that spirituality began way back before the wheel. 
you know, the people in the old days, as we call it, which was millions of years ago, but they had a belief system. They, you know, they named things. And I just, again, I try to be open to what other people's belief systems are. I just get bent out of shape a little bit when people look at my belief system and what works for me. And when people ask me, it works for them. But to challenge it, I think, you know, you take the spirituality out of any meaning of religion. And religion is not necessarily spirituality. I have for many years uh, been a very, very, very strong believer in Native American religion, beliefs. I hesitate to use the word religion. But it works. It's, it's communication with the universe and nature. And that's where I first found my groundedness about questioning as a kid the kind of childhood I had and stuff that happened like most people do. And you end up in your 20s and 30s and going, what, what is this all about? I think we all feel that. And I think the turning point came for me is when I had taken my daughter, who was at the time five, to a local church to take her to Sunday school. I wasn't attending a church at the time. This was in Beaverton. And I uh, went a couple of Sundays, and on the third week, uh, one of the ministers, because I had written my name and address on the card, came by and visited to welcome me and asked me what I did for a living. And I told him. I said, well, I work several hours a week as a nurse, but I also give psychic spiritual readings on the side. I was asked not to come back to church, that church. I cried, Sharon. I never felt so alone. I had no family in Beaverton. I had been widowed five years prior. My daughter and my son, my daughter was a baby and my son was 11. I had nobody. And yet, any time I had ever attended uh, any kind of get-together where there was spiritual people, people just embracing spirituality. I always felt welcomed, and I think that was the divining time for me, that I didn't need uh, an organized religion in order to feel I belonged. And I knew that my psychic work was a gift to me from the universe. It, yeah. it and definitely. Nobody, yeah. And we will continue with more of Lori's story and about spirituality and what she has learned through doing multiple readings over the many, many years. Um, after this break that is coming up. Stay tuned. Your conscious connection to a more mindful world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. I'm Kathy Williams, host of Sexy Mom Abundant Life radio show on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. On the show, we explore living abundantly in every area of your life. Ways to let go of limiting patterns and beliefs and to step into the flow of creativity, 
and possibility, knowing you are supported by the universe. Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. The why is hidden in your name. Sharon Lynn Wyeth has created a scientific way of deciphering your name to reveal your contract for this lifetime. And your name even specifies the seven areas that are subsets of your soul's overall goal. Your name identifies who you are to both yourself and others. What does your name say about you? Contact Sharon Lynn Wyeth at info at knowthename.com for your stunning name review. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 Food Bank Strong. Welcome back to Luminescence, Common Sense Spirituality. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, your host, and our special guest today is Lori McQuarrie. Lori, you were talking about when you became widowed when your child was a newborn and your son was around 11 and where you were finding spirituality and that that satisfied you because you found that 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 kept you going forward and that when you had other spiritual people in your world, that they also accepted you. So that was the foundation of spirituality for you. How do you think spirituality first came to this planet? I think it was brought from other planets. I think we've had star people here for many, many eons. And, you know, we, you and I and those who are still on the earth plane won't know the total answer until we do go to the other side. But it works. It's, I think what I love about just spirituality is believing in the greater God, the greater good. Tunkashala is the Native Americans call him. That's fine. But there's a non-judgmentalness to spirituality. That, that is what I embraced. Feeling really accepted and there wasn't hard line areas that you have to adhere to. Spirituality says... Find the way you want to believe this, and it works for you. To me, the difference between religion and spirituality, and I have visited many churches and temples and mosques and everything around the world, and and repeatedly just to get the feel for it and to see different perspectives. And to me, the difference was that religion, and there can be very spiritual people that go to church. I'm not saying that, okay? That religion was that you were taught to do this or that because it was what the good book or the teachings told you to do. So you did it because you were told to do it and because that's what you were being taught. However, spirituality to me is when you take those teachings or those understandings and you comprehend it well enough that you can take it inside and now you understand why you want to be that way and what the purpose is and so you're willingly doing it because you understand at a core level that it's the right thing to do versus being told it's the right thing to do. 
Well, let me just mention the Spiritualist Foundation Fellowship Church because they are, I think, the cornerstone of what I believe in. And basically speaking, they meet in churches, but they communicate with those on the other side. They take messages, and yet it's done in this regular setting. If if you walked into one of their churches and you didn't know, you'd assume you were just at church. But it's a belief system, and it's a stronger belief system than anything I've ever seen. And I think I relayed this to you on one of the other shows, but I'll make it quick. The very first one I attended was in San Diego, California, when I was living there. My then-husband was in the Navy. And my landlady, who was an astrologer, talked to me, and she said, I want to take you to church. I said, oh, my God, I don't know if I want to go to church. No, please, come. Sitting there, listening to these wonderful folk sitting up in the little stage, and and it was a church, and they gave messages to the audience from the dearly departed. I was awed, awed. And then I got a tap on my shoulder behind me, and I turned, and this lovely lady said, you're meant to be a medium. She scared me to death. I didn't know what she meant. All I knew about mediums is that they went off in the ethers and did strange things, and I didn't know if I wanted to do that. (laughs) And I was, frankly, kind of... Uh, horrified. I, I did, I, she scared me. Well, her name was Loretta Brown, and she was from Montana, Browning, Montana, I believe it was. And she was visiting San Diego. We kept in touch for years. And she talked to me and helped me through many difficult times, reassuring me that the psychic work was my path. If it wasn't for that, just guidance, I don't know where I might have ended up. But that was my connectedness always first to spirituality because in growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, you didn't have many choices. You had the Catholic Church, the Presbyterian Church, or you had the Holy Rollers. And frankly, the Holy Rollers scared me. So I I just kind of wedged away from all of that when I left home at 18 and came out to California. And then the universe brought me. Yeah, and at that time, books were fairly rare. There were books by Ruth Montgomery or about Edgar uh, Jane Roberts. Right. Um, you know, I read for Edgar Casey's great granddaughter years ago. She was wow. in Portland area. I know. I was just honored. And then I did a case in Durham, North Carolina, many years ago. Coming home on the plane, I sat next. It was a physician's convention going to Portland. And Edgar K. Hewlin Casey's uh, personal physician sat next to me. We had a great talk all the way home. Oh, I bet. You know, there are many psychics today that are saying that all of the people that played a role in the time of Jesus are all back and alive and on the planet today. How do you feel about that? Well, I feel like there's not enough people to go around for that. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, when I think about it, you know, we didn't have the multitudes of people we've got now. I think you have people here who are spiritual beings coming down in that form. I think, you know, and this is where we split the hairs, maybe. I mean, not that I don't believe that is possible, but I'm also looking at, you know, just roughly how that could be done. I think we have special assignment people who come here from spirit, and they look just like us, but they carry those genes of having lived in those times. That's why I think reincarnation and um, 
hypnosis became so popular in the 80s and 90s. I became a hypnotherapist, and I did 16 years worth of retro, you know, going back with people and past lives, which was incredible. I did that also uh, in part with Nick Bunick. And I think it, what it's done is it opened up doorways to accepting and being able to trust and believe. And if there's ever been a time on the earth plane when belief systems have been really shot down, when they've been tested, it's been this last 15, 20 years. What is people ranked? are ready. Yes, they are. That's why the creation of this show. Let's talk about Christ consciousness for a moment. What do you think that is? What awareness or abilities or what would constitute Christ consciousness? Well, I think, first of all, and this is just my my feelings, but nobody can tell me what to believe in my religion but me. I can sit in a church all day or I can read a Bible or I can read all kinds of things, and I don't necessarily think the Bible is the only answer. I think people, writers like yourself, people that really are gifted to express things, can bring the word, so to speak. The consciousness part, Christ, it's awareness. I'm aware, I'm aware that sometimes just meeting total strangers, and they may not look up to snuff. It might be the beggar on the sidewalk downtown in front of Multnomah Library. You never know who people are. That's why we have to have open hearts. And that's why we have to be just willing to listen because that person may say something to you that will change your life. People have asked me for years in readings, what am I really here for? I said, you know, what if the whole reason for your whole accountability of being here is one day standing there next to somebody at the bus stop and they... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Turn to you and said something to you or you to them that changed their life. I always think one of the greatest gifts that we can give another human being is to believe in them when they're having a hard time believing yeah. in themselves. Yes. Well, and I also think the Christ consciousness is through acts. You know, I, I see us running to and fro, and me with them. You know, we're all running around doing our shopping, doing this, doing that. But I've had some amazing experiences with total strangers who were in a moment of, of crisis, a moment of either a health issue or a personal issue. And if, after a while, I'd start talking to God about it and saying, Did, is that really what I'm here for? Because it seems like I always would find those situations that they'd find me. You're directed. I'm directed. That's what Christ consciousness is. I think everybody's directed, but not everybody listens. Oh, I love that. I love that, too, because I always consider that prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening. Well, and, and you know what? I like to think, you know, it's kind of like a mental email. I, I talk to what I believe in every day, and I, I usually begin it with, I know you're busy, but could I just run this by you? <laughs> <laughs> and I get and I get answers, and I feel grateful for that. And I'm not saying I'm talking to God. I don't know. 
could be, but what if God is, and there's been the hypotheses for many years, God is part of everything. If I talk to trees, I talk to the trees on my property. That's part of the reason we're living where we're living, is I talk to the trees and I told my husband, thank God, he's an open listener. And I said, we need this property. We've been looking for three years. But I had signs on this property, physical signs, when we were looking. And the funny, you know, the funny part is we weren't even supposed to get it because we, you know, thought we weren't going to get it because of the price. And it got lowered and we got it. So I think the things that are will be. And that's what you have to trust. Sure, you have to put the homework in, do the right thing yourself, have a, a good good clean mind where you care about others and do what you I always like that J- John Edwards take the high road there's less traffic up there but it's true <laughs> and it's a beautiful saying I love that and there's times I'm sure we go really I don't feel like taking the high road today I'm tired well tough it's a little bit of a climb but go and you know it doesn't mean that life is a constant struggle but it ain't easy and I don't think it ever has been. I don't think it was meant to be. Well, we came down here to grow. That's for one thing. And to comprehend oh, knowledge that we could yeah. already have. Um, and and so in able to comprehend knowledge, we have to have experiences. And that That's includes right. what we would term the good and the bad. Well, people have said to me, you know, I quit drinking, I quit smoking, and I'm still having these bad things happen. I said, well, you know, unless you have those experiences that test them, how do you know you've learned? How do you know you've grown? And that's why I really believe that whatever is coming your way comes your way for a reason. And it may not be pleasant, may not be the best of things, but grow from it, learn from it. Afterward, you'll no doubt see what it taught you. Well, that's always what I encourage people to do is to always ask when you can't see something to say, and where's the silver lining in this? <laughs> yes, there ain't one. <laughs> there isn't always a silver. Sometimes it's beige, but you know what? It's okay because it's still a, it's a lining. And, you know, I, I think I've told you when I had breast cancer in 2007, I needed some meditations that I wanted to just – have were mine and I encourage people to make their own but I had seven of them I put together and I was actually trying to get into a book for a couple of years but one of them is thank you God for everything you give me even when I argue about it especially when I argue about it (laughs) that's gratitude one all the tudes aptitude attitude I've got them all written out but I do say them daily and it it calms me it calms me and then I do have a source that I connect with, only necessary. It's not all day long. I don't want you to get the idea. I walk around and talk to myself all day. Though my husband will tell you I talk to the plants and the dogs and the cats. But I, I do talk to my source, and I just say, go, oh, you know, I need a little check-in with this one. How does it feel? I have a friend in ICU right now with COVID in Bend. And I'm very concerned about her. And of course, it's been able to go see her. I'm going to go visit her husband when we're done here. But I ask about her daily, and I get answers back, and I try to work with those answers. Everybody has that capability. Every one of us, we don't need a church. This is why I like Native American religion belief, because the world, nature, that is what their church is. And I'd like to think 
you and I, Sharon, or any of us can go for a walk and be communing with God. We can sit down under a tree and the same. We can be anywhere at any time. Driving in my car, I say my toots when I'm driving into town to go shopping. I make sure I make that contact. For me, it's, it's, it's a physical thing. I can feel it. And I feel reassured because I know my information has been received by the universe. See, and I got into the habit of asking for answers uh, every time I went to the restroom. Because as a busy school administrator, that was the only time I had by myself. <laughs> oh, no, I got you. Well, or sitting in your car. You know, you can sit and talk to the universe in your car. People will just think you're on a phone. <laughs> and who cares anyway? But some people do. But, you know, the, the, the I think the gift of just accepting and knowing that you are heard anytime, anywhere. You're heard. Well, well, I think some of that, though, also comes from trusting that the universe has your back, that the universe has your best intentions. Well, I believe that, but like I said in that seventh tude, you know, sometimes what I'm, what I am sent, I go, are you kidding me? This is the exact opposite of what I expected to have. But then if I calm down a little bit and just go, okay, let's see how this plays out, I can see. I can see where it was a benefit. Well, and you do an have to trust. You have to trust. Well, that's an interesting thought exactly for what's going on politically today, if we would all just sit back and watch the show and see how everything falls out. Speaking of that, we've got another commercial break coming up. So we're going to talk a little bit about Judas that in the Bible and the lessons and a different version of this story uh, once we come back from break. Stay tuned. A conscious lifestyle for a mindful life. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Om Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Om Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, host of Om Times Magazine's flagship radio show, What is Going Om? My passion is sifting through information, research and innovations from new thought teachers, speakers and researchers pushing back the boundaries of what we know about life, energy, metaphysics and the universe. I love shifting perceptions about who we are, why we're here and how quickly impossible becomes normal when we open our minds, expand our awareness and accept that the only limits that exist are those we place upon ourselves. So if you're the kind of forward-thinking, eager investigator of what lies beyond the current reality that most perceive, why not make a date to come play with me in the field of possibilities at 4pm Pacific Time, 7pm Eastern Time every Thursday and together we can discover what's really going on. Are you feeling lost, confused, absolutely clueless? No way out, over, under, or through? Then it's time to have the Light Keepers, through their conduit, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, guide you by shining their light, illuminating the right path for you. 
Let Sharon share the wisdom of the ancient masters to guide you on what is coming next for you and to show you the silver lining in your current circumstances. Contact Sharon Lynn Wyeth at info at knowthename.com for a joyful, info-packed Lightkeepers session. The United States has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. At the Equal Justice Initiative, we believe mass incarceration has to end. There is this presumption of dangerousness and guilt that gets assigned to black and brown people. We have to confront our history of racial injustice and commit to a new era of truth. There's something better waiting for us, something that feels more like freedom. Truth can inspire change. Please learn more at EJI.org. Welcome back to Luminescence, Common Sense Spirituality. I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and our special guest today is Lori McQuarrie. Um, Lori, I'd like to talk about Judas, how Judas is depicted in the Bible, and two different viewpoints that people have put out that I found quite interesting. The first one is in Taylor Caldwell's book, Judas, and she says that Judas, when he was in his early teens, around 13, his father died, and he had to take over the huge uh, responsibilities of all the bookkeeping and all the monies, that he was actually from a fairly wealthy family, and they had many people that worked the farm, and they got paid. And so that responsibility of making sure the books were good and how do you manage money and keep everybody employed fell on Judas's shoulders. And so uh, when he came, he was coming from a different perspective with Jesus saying we need to manage, we need to raise funds, we need to manage these funds, and became the treasurer of the organization. And that he was a very well-to-do, very educated person because of that. Then on the other side, we have a story from Billy Meyer, as translated um, by Mr. Horn, his translator for this language, because Billy Meyer only writes in German. And he writes that, what the Bible calls as Judas was mistaken as the disciple of Christ, that one of the seraphies um, had a son that was called Judas Iscariot. And he called his son in and said, Judas, this is what I want you to do. We're going to pay you 30 pieces of silver. And I want you to go and you know the Judas story. And would you do this? Because afterwards, your name as being Judas Iscariot was well, so close to Judas Iscariot that we can then blame it on the disciple and he'll take the blame for it. And then we can get away literally with murder this way and blame it on the disciplehood. And then there was another reading that I had had by somebody else that they said, you know, Jesus asked Judas before they were incarnated and said, Judas, I need you to do something for me so that this tale can go forward so that the rest of the story can happen. Are you willing to do this for me as my friend? So there's three different perspectives there. What's your perspective or what's your insight related to Judas? Well, I read Taylor Caldwell many times, the books. I've read a lot of books about this subject. For me, I'm leaning towards the latter version you just spoke of, because if everything is predictable before it happens, 
we can add one more thing here to the wonderful attributes that Jesus had, and he was psychic. He read for people in the crowds. He knew of his own death. When I've read that statement that you, you know, give from the Bible, it just it may it makes me weep because there's so many times in the world in life where people know that they're going to do something for somebody through their own passing or through their own suffering. And yes, we do have suffering on the earth plane. That's part of the physical expression. If we were all just floating around up there as spirits, there's nothing to learn physically, is there? We have to bring it all in. This is why I loved the teachings of Edgar Cayce, who was just an amazing, amazing psychic and so spiritual. And yet people have been pretty harsh on his works because he was a psychic. Um, Maybe I told this to you before, but I'll make it quick again. I was on a TV show years ago in Portland. A couple of people afterward came up to me because it was a show about missing people. And this man came up to me later and he said, do you believe in God? And I said, you know what, sir? When I'm out there in the field searching for that missing body with the police, the family, or both, and we find that person, I feel I have just walked hand in hand with God. How about you? He turned and walked away. He had no reply. And I think in a nutshell, what that tells you is spirituality is absolutely huge. I don't think you can contain it in one setting, one meaning. It flows. It goes. It's with us everywhere. That's why spirituality works, because it's not held back. You can have any belief system you want in the world. If that's your spirituality and you do good things, and you're a decent person, then that's your business. You know, it's remarkable how some people are very vocal with their with their belief systems, and others hold them very close to the heart. Right. Well, you know? I honor both, but I also, I don't want to be told what to believe. And I think it's just been my attitude all my life. I don't like to be told what to do. And uh, I've worked on that. But in particular, you, nobody can tell anybody else what to believe. And in particular, when people go through hard times, when they lose people physically, when really, real bad things happen to people, sometimes that's when their spirituality is brought to them, tested to them. And I'm not downing churches. I'm not. I know a lot of fine people, many, that go to church, believe it, and yet are capable of separating it from judging anybody else's other belief system. This is look at all the hate that's going on. It has been for oh. eons with race, religion. It just I I can't comprehend it. You know, and my husband has even said, "How can people espouse love and good stuff and then treat people so poorly?" just because they don't belong to their section of belief system. I don't know. I I just, I have no idea, except this is what uh, past life helped me with. And I don't know if I shared with you before, Sharon, but I believe that I lived with the Essenes in their community and died with them. And I think you were there. 
and I believe I knew you then. I don't know if I've ever shared that with you. We've been friends for a while, but it's wonderful to meet somebody. And this is what I tell people in my past life regression workshops. You'll recognize somebody. Sometimes you just go, oh, I just met that person and loved them, or the opposite. It's kind of nice to explore that past life and see where you were. It has helped people get answers. That's just one thing I suggest to people. Uh, Dick Sutphin, I've been to many of his workshops in California, wonderful, wonderful regressionist. And just read read some of his books, Brian Weiss. There's people out there that have written books on past lives and spirituality, all honed into one, because I believe it really is. One of the sayings of Native American elder is, we are all one. And it's true. It sure don't feel like it right now. But I do believe it. We all come from the same creator. I remember as a youngster, and when I started reading books at age 13, I remember thinking that each of us was like a cell in the body of God, and that yeah. some joined together to become the heart, and others joined together to become the lungs, but it was all of our individual cells, and only when we were not cooperative with one another, the body got cancer. Yeah. Well... I believe in holistic medicine. I was an intensive care nurse for 18 years. I certainly embrace that, and I admire our line workers today doing that. But holistically, the body is reflective of emotions and past lives. And that's fascinating. Some show we should discuss about hypnosis and helping people find out about themselves Years ago, I had a, a, a man who came to me and said his friend was always having this horrible stabbing pain in his side. They'd run all the medical tests. They could find nothing. I put this guy under hypnosis, and guess what? It was due to an injury in a past life. His friend had died being speared, and it was just all relatable and Truly, once this gentleman got his part of it and recognized what had happened and done and talked to his friend, the pain went away. So we carry scars emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, until we heal them. Well, you know, they'll show up in the name also when I'm doing name readings. I can go, oh, look, this comes from here. And it shows up. It, and it depends on whether, if it shows up in the last name, it's something that you get through your DNA. And if it shows up in the middle name, it's something you brought in from a past life. And if it shows up in this, in the first name, it's something that you're creating in this lifetime. Lori, how can we all get a hold of you? Well, I just have a business phone now out here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's how I do my sessions with people. It's 541-548-5211. That's my business line. And I do not have the lines on after 8 at night, but I promise you as soon as I get up in the morning, if you call from other states and such and later, I will always get back to you. And then, of course, I have email, Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E, underscore, Macquarie, M-C-Q-U-A-R-Y, at msn.com. We also will say that she does have a website. It's also LoriMacquarie.com. And, again, her number is 541 541- Five four eight five two one one and five four one five four eight five two one one. Lori, I want to thank you for being with me today. And in two months, the first week of every odd month, Lori will be back with me. 
So when she comes back in March, we'll talk about that hypnosis and past lives and how those ailments come out and come to be. So, Lori, I want to thank you so much for being here with me. I so appreciate it. So for, for everyone that is listening, I want you to know that every first week of every odd month, Lori will join me again, which I think is just absolutely wonderful. Next week, we have Sandy Anastasi on with me. She is best known for being a teacher for people to bring forward their spiritual talents. One of her students was John Edwards, the psychic that a lot of people are aware of. And so I want to just let you know that she's coming on with me next week. And we're going to end this show with the song by D. Lemur, L-E-M-O-R, D apostrophe L-E-M-O-R. And the show, the song is called Shine. And you can hear more of her music by visiting her website at dlemur.com. And Shine is available on all streaming platforms. And so I feel very fortunate to be able to share these discussions with you, to let you see different people's points of view from their knowledge and what they've grown and what they've learned from doing many readings, from doing a lot of research for themselves, for wanting to share and get out there and say, here's another idea, here's a viewpoint that you may not have heard, and also uh, to debunk some of what I call the airy-fairy stuff that's going around today that doesn't meet the condition of even common sense. I do want to say one more time that you can meet Lori McQuarrie if you'd like to contact her on her website, which is her name, or by her number, 541-548-52411, or by her email address that she gave in sooner. And we're going to complete this show, just like every show, with the sign with the song Shine that is by Dee Lamour, so that you can be reminded all the time about absolutely how bright and wonderful you really are. This is Sharon Lynn Wyeth signing off.
Shimmer. 